friends, to another live conversation on Alatra TV. Today we have a very special guest with us, all the way from the future, okay, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> but before I introduce her, I would like to remind our viewers the format of our program today. So today we will get to know our guest and we will also find out how does she envision a creative society. And if you never heard about the project Creative Society, it is the project that is run by volunteers from Alatra International Public Movement. It is run um, in our free time and we are asking people around the globe and we are finding out what type of future do we envision for ourselves and how do we people build it together as a whole civilization. So it's a big task, but someone has to do it. <laughs> so today, my name is Olga and my co-host is Natalia. Welcome. Hello, guys. <laughs> and with us, our guest of honor <laughs> is Alison Rose Clark. And she's tuning in from Australia. She's an author and entrepreneur. Welcome, Alison. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yes, we're so excited to have you. Please tell us a little bit more about your background and what do you do? Okay, so um, I live in Australia on the south coast of New South Wales. Um, I'm a mother of three boys, two adult children and a teenager. Uh, I'm a poet. I write poetry as well as um, short stories um, and the book. I don't hate me anymore. Um, that's my first book. Um, I enjoy writing, reading, um, dancing, live music, <laughs> um, action movies, and spending time with family and friends. I also um, love dragonflies, which on the front of my book is a dragonfly, and there's a meaning to the cover in regards to that. So, um, and um, my past is, yeah, I grew up down here on the south coast um, my whole life. Um, so I don't know what it's like to live anywhere else. <laughs> um, and I've never been overseas. That would be great one day, I'd like to go overseas. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and one of my favourite places is to sit in the garden when I'm feeling stressed or, you know, some self-care time, just to sit in the garden and, you know, talk to the plant <laughs> um, and just sit there and take in nature. Like, it's serene. Yeah, just absorb all that. So what I do is um, at the moment I'm trying, I am an entrepreneur. So I'm in the, in the process of uh, launching a business um, that's related to my book. So I'm writing a program to go with that um, and it should be ready, aiming for the end of June. So <laughs> good luck for me to do that. So um, yeah, that's really actually on track. So. Um, so yeah, I'm a, so I wrote a book called um, 
I don't hate me anymore. Do you want me to talk about that? Oh, most or, definitely. Yeah, yeah, such an interesting title. Please tell us the background story and uh, the meaning for the, you know, you said that the meaning of the cover is very important to you too. Yeah, just one second. Sorry, <laughs> I should have had this next to me. So this is my book. Um, okay, so you can see that it's got a dragonfly on the front um, and it's got a, it's coming, bursting through a spider web. Um, and then you've got the colors purple and yellow. Um, so the dragonfly is you, um, the person reading the book. Um, and the color yellow is bright and cheery and renewing, um, energetic. And the purple is a, is a um, color of royalty. So basically what the cover is saying is that you have the power to break, oh, and the web is life stickiness, you know, all the stuff we get stuck in. So what it's saying is that um, you have the power to break through all the stuff that you've got stuck through in life um, and that you are special and that you are royalty, you're a princess, you're a queen. Um, yeah, so that's what that means. Um, so it's just not, not just another co uh, cover. Uh, so um, I, I am a survivor of um, domestic violence times four um, and child sexual abuse, school bullying um, and the trail of friends. So um, I grew up hating myself. I obviously um, one day I just came to me <laughs> in my third marriage. So I've been married three times as well. Um, that, that relationship um, really came to a head um, and I realised that the reason why I let abuse, um, why I keep getting abused is because I don't like myself. Um, I hate myself and I'm allowing other people to do that for me. So I'm not doing drugs, I'm not a, you know, an alcoholic or a sexaholic or um, gambler or anything else. So I'm allowing people to treat me that way because that's how I feel about my, myself. So that's when I started realising I, I need to love myself more. Um, and so, yeah, it didn't get better until I left. So I've got to be honest that um, sticking up for myself was a little bit tricky. But um, I'm glad I did it. And um, I know that my situation might be different um, to other people's. But, yeah, I'm glad I did it. And from there, I... Um, I was contacted by um, my mentor, asked if I was still interested in doing this course that I'd started ages ago. <laughs> and I said, yes. And then we sat down and said, what do you want to write about? And I said, I want to write my, my memoirs. And he said, oh, well, what do you want a person to like learn from that? And I said, I want them to learn how to love themselves. I want them to know that they can, how to love themselves by the end of the Book. and he says well how are you going to do that what's the first step so then I wrote down <clears throat> all the steps and then I wrote down titles for the chapters and put it in sort of um, some sort of logical order to learn to go through a process so by the end of the book um, 
that happened. So that's how the book came about. Um, yeah, and it's doing pretty good. <laughs> Um, okay, Alison, uh, I was really surprised, you know, to read one of the comments to your book uh, left by one of the readers. If you don't mind, I'll just read it quickly. It says that through Alison's example, you will see that changing your life and your negative thoughts is possible no matter what difficult things you are, have been through. Uh, changing the way you think will change your life for the better. So um, this is the impression which this book left for this person particularly, but my question to you, was it the message you wanted to send to people that changing the thinking might change not just lives, but even do you think it can change even society? Yes, um, I obviously want people to um, change their lives. I want them to see themselves in a different light so that they're, you know, were worthy of love, especially from themselves, and better treatment, and um, ultimately to reject abuse. Because if you love yourself unconditionally, you're not going to allow someone else to treat you worse than what you treat yourself. So if you treat yourself bad, you're going to allow other people to treat you bad. If you love yourself and treat yourself right, then you're going to not accept anything less. So this person's life and that's changed their lives, that's fantastic. That's, that's the whole purpose of the book is to change perception, to change their thinking and to love themselves again. But also to, you know, do the things that they really wanted to do in life because of that fear that comes with hating yourself. So a lot of other things come with that. So there has been one gentleman who has gone on to do uh, create um, to plan an event for mental health day so that's what he got out of it um, and he's in America so, um, you can read his <clears throat> you can read his um, testimonial review on Amazon because <laughs> um, he left a really good one in there but yeah so mm -hmm. um, that's what I um, want so I want people to change their lives mm -hmm. I really do believe that it would um yeah, so they would actually reject abuse as it comes along. Um, so, Alison, I have a question for you. So, uh, through your experience, what is love in the highest sense? Okay, love is accepting yourself for everything that you are. So, um, accepting, you know, the fatty thing, <laughs> the fat around your hips like oh, I've got because <laughs> I'm getting older. Um, the, the fat thighs, the crooked nose, the crooked teeth, like just everything about you, you accept it. Um, even if it's, uh, there's a habit that you like, you have, like you keep shaking your foot. I'm just talking about myself here, you know, shake your foot and people get annoyed with that. <laughs> And they want to like, stop shaking your foot. Um, I can't. So that's just, they're the habits to create, um, to, to accept that as well. If you're um, stubborn, if you um, get moody, accept yourself for those things as well. Like all stuff that you want people to accept of you, of you, um, as you are to accept yourself that way. And that, um, is the ultimate love for yourself. So when you 
can look in the mirror and you can say, um, I love you. I love you the way you are. And, you know, I love that you're short. I love that you have short legs <laughs> and a long body. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and, you know, a long neck or, you know, orange hair. So, yeah. so thank you so much, Alison. So what type of conditions do you think we need to create right now in society? So people are not in a position of hating themselves, but actually people are able to love themselves. What conditions do we need for that? Okay, I'd say we need a lot more education around um, how, how we view ourselves, like... Um, starting in schools, for instance. And um, school bullying is quite um, profound uh, world over. It's unfortunately one of those things that we humans tend to do. People don't fit in or um, they don't fit our ideals of who we want to hang around. So they become a victim or a target. Or they might be shy or just something about them that makes them an easy target, not that that's their fault. I was an easy target at school, shy, didn't stand up for myself. So that sort of thing, um, easy to locate, <laughs> identify. So if we can start with that, um, it, it sort of it resounds, it rebounds into workplace, out in the community, um, adults even treating each other with respect. I mean, it's one thing to say we want to stop bullying in school, but then you have adults at work bullying each other um, or they're in the street and having a go at someone or they're walking past someone and they make a comment. I mean, children hear that. So it's all people's mindsets. It's not just children, but if we can get children in school and teach them the value of themselves, the value of other people, um, then I think we're on our way. It's a long process, but I think it's not impossible to get there. It's just a lot of hard work um, and adults need to take responsibility for their um, actions and not just expect other people to do it for them. Um, everyone needs to have some action behind their own words, otherwise they're just words and mean nothing. Thank you for wonderful words. That's indeed like the reality and that's indeed like, you know, precious to hear that. Um, I know that you had the chance to see the eight foundations of creative society, and I know that one of them specifically echoed in your heart. Would you like to tell us about it? And maybe we can ask the technical team to show us that uh, foundation on the screen, please. Yes, I um, read the eight pillars, which is on your website, um, and they're all you know, quite fitting to pretty much um, all of this. But the one, the number one that really resonated with me was human safety, number three. Um, simply because that's, that's um, everybody has a right to feel safe and secure and, you know, be free of threats and or harm or illness or injury or fear. Uh, we shouldn't have to, we all have the right to, to that 
Thank you so much, Alison. And let me hit this foundation for our viewers because some of them might not have looked at it. Um, and if you guys want to read all eight foundations, you can find them on alatraunites.com website. And those eight foundations are requests of people for a better society, a creative society. So number three is human safety. And it says, no one and nothing in society has the right to create threats to the life and freedom of a human. Every human is guaranteed free provision of essential life necessities, including food, housing, medical care, education, and full social security. Scientific, industrial, and technological activities of the society should be aimed exclusively at improving the quality of human life, guarantee economic stability, no inflation and crisis, stable and same prices around the world, a single monetary unit and a fixed minimal taxation or no tax, the, secu the security of human and society from any kind of threats is ensured by the unified global service that deals with emergency situations. So Alison, how would your life change if this foundation was implemented around the globe? Well, um, obviously people will be safe. <clears throat> um, they won't have to fear for their lives. They won't have to fear being abused. Um, they, could, they know they can go home and it's a safe haven, that they aren't going to be, you know, life in danger. Um, I know that when I was in my abusive relationships, going to work was actually a relief um, and going home was a dread. I didn't want to go home. So people shouldn't have to live like that. Um, and so with, with the creative society, with, with, um, that's how I see life. If we live by this and implement it across the world, uh, we won't have children being bullied either. We won't have, um, children dying, women dying one a week. You know, that's in Australia. I don't know if that's worldwide, but I know in Australia, it's, one a, one a week, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, abuse violates all of those human rights um, straight straight out. It's, um, we, we have rights safety and the abuse that takes that away. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're at school or work or um, at home or out in public or at a private event, you shouldn't have to be fearful of being abused um, or had threats where you know be running for your life yeah most definitely and also I know you got a chance to look at all eight foundations of the creative society and how those eight foundations come about is because we asked people around the globe to let us know how do they envision a world where they're, they, their, their kids, their family, friends, everyone is happy. And based on those answers from millions and millions of interviews, that's how the eight foundations were formed. And today we would like to ask you, how do you envision this perfect world you would like to live in? Um, well, heaven on earth. That means that everybody loves each other, um, look out for each other, uh, take care of each other, 
that um, we don't take offence to what other people say. Um, there's um, people speak to each other with respect. Um, that, that yeah, they work together. That we live in harmony. We share our we share our food. Our, we don't have a problem with someone staying over on um, at our house at the spur of the moment or with their travelling because we know they're not going to hurt us or steal our things or um, rob us. So that sort of society would be great to live in. Um, and that, you know, everyone had enough to eat and drink and enough clothing and accommodation for every single person so there's no homeless people either um yeah that's how i <laughs> that, yeah that's a wonderful picture actually you are describing like it's uh it looks exactly like we all envision it so we are really the same we are really want want the same things that's what we are convinced every day about so my next question would be, uh, since it become a became a tradition already, and since we are using the six, uh, the rule of six handshakes uh, to pass the word to other people, uh, and um, who would you like to nominate probably for the next uh, program? It can be even more than a person if you want to. It doesn't need to be a person you know not necessarily, but somebody you probably are inspired by. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I have three women who are um, I'm inspired by and I really admire for their strength. Uh, the first one, oh, yeah, for their strength and their um, ability to just go on with life regardless of what has happened to them, as well as having enthusiasm and really wanting to help people or women um, have better lives um, or to succeed. So the first one is Colleen Olo. Um, she's someone I met last year. She's incredible. Um, she's a relationship um, coach. She also survived three serious car accidents um, and mental health issues. So. Um, I'm really inspired by what she's gone through and how, what, how, what she's had to deal with going through the years and um, how she's got here today. So, um, and, jo, and the other one is Jo Jackson. She survived um, near-fatal burnout. So, um, yeah, so it's quite serious and it caused her to reevaluate her life look at it in a different way and the way that she's handled that and the way that she is today um, is just incredible. Um, and the other person is Dr. Laura Cobb. I've only met her recently, but she is amazing. She has the most energy that I know of in a human being. <laughs> uh, she's a qualified counsellor <clears throat> and so she's passionate about helping women uh, succeed um, and um connect them with other people who can also help them so she is definitely someone that wow thank you so much we're all definitely uh, someone <laughs> i really like your company in the 
a woman that lift other women up and you know it's so great that we get to meet people now that we are moving into this online world right we met so many people in the past year due to covid that we probably might have never met before so thank mm -hmm. you for technology and uh, to build a creative society we really do use technology and we use it to the advantage and uh, we spread this information about creative society because we understand that every single person needs to know about creative society so they can make a decision for themselves what type of society they want to live in so Allison I wanted to ask you what can one person do today so tomorrow we all live in a creative society um look at each other's each human being your fellow um colleagues associates neighbors as all as uh, valuable human beings um that um they they are, they are just people like you. You don't know what they're going through. Um, and to just have some compassion, some understanding about where they might be if they're in a cranky mood. There's a reason why they're in a cranky mood. Um, and it's not because of you necessarily. So um, just, um, yeah, just, just um, so that's my <clears throat> main thing is to accept people as they are who they are, um, whether they're wearing the most ridiculous outfit, whether they've only got, you've got holes in their shoes, whether they are the queen, that we all get treated as if we are royalty. And that means respect. That means the way you speak to them. You wouldn't speak to the queen or treat her um, violently. So treat everyone else like that too. Yes, I agree. And, you know, through all the interviews that we host and we take with people, it all boils down to the same. Everybody wants to live in a happy environment. Everybody wants to feel this happiness and love inside of them. Everybody want to make sure that they and their family is safe and that everybody gets a chance, right, and a choice. So thank you so much, Alison, for being on with us and sharing your story and being so open and courageous to really come out and tell us that, you know, there is a hope for everybody. Everyone has a comeback story. And right now we are in the middle of the comeback story of our civilization. We say no more to wars. We say no more to hate, separation and crimes and all the, you know, problems we have in the world. And we people build our society together the one we want to really live in a creative society so before we go Allison is there something we forgot to ask you during the program or is there something you would like to wish to our audience today um my message uh, I don't think you've missed anything but I do have a message for everyone that you are valuable and that you can do, um, you can do this, you can learn to love yourself. You can um, get to that point where you won't accept people's abuse um, and the way they speak to you. And um, it's not an easy slog, not an easy slog, but you, you can do it it's possible and I'm proof of that and my book 
will guide you through that as well. So that's that's my message. Thank you so much, Alison. It's beautiful. And yes, we all have this chance. And thank you so much for people like you that are not just sitting on the couch and doing nothing, but actually putting books out and sharing their stories so we can become better human beings. And we can really achieve this highest human potential that every single person has inside of us. And to help us with it, of course, we need to create different conditions. And the conditions are creative society. And to learn more about the Project Creative Society, please visit alatraunites.com. On that website, you can support us by clicking Join Us Now button, and you can select your language of participation, and you can see what our volunteers doing in their free time to move us closer to the society of our dreams, or as Allison said, to the society that brings heaven on earth. So thank you so much. And thank you so much, Natalia, for co-hosting. Thank you so much, Allison, for being on. And today we will end our broadcast with a song that united the whole world on March 20th from the conference that we just had. And that song was written by volunteers and also put together by volunteers and performed by volunteers. And it's really the song that unites us all. So thank you so much and enjoy your day. We are more than ninety nine per cent. We are people of the earth, we stand for our prophets, words, and truth. Peace and